is Janine. Where is Janine? Cool. Do you want to come and bring us a scripture reading before Tom comes to preach? Is that all good? Yeah. Cool. Kia ora. And what I'm, reading, what I'm reading actually works really well with what Shelley read out earlier. So just to say your rest again, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So Psalm 27 now. Sorry, just flicking back. So thank you, because I um, got to choose the psalm, and so this was not prearranged. So when Shelley read that out, I was like, oh, thank you, perfect. (laughs) God is good. Um, Okay, Psalm 27 and the NIV translation. And uh, the last two verses I especially like, or I think is a really nice way to finish out or take away for us. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour, or as a side note it says, to slander me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Saviour. Though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Amen. Cool. So good, eh? Super good. Hey, the awesome and amazing two words, Tom, is going to come and preach. Do you want to come up? I'm going to pray for you. Is that all good? Yep. We'll stand up here, eh? Too cool. Hey, so fast introduction. Um, I think most of you know Tom, part of our church, but we hardly ever see him because he's all over New Zealand preaching in other churches, which makes us feel a bit deserted and unloved, but that's all good. Bless them. Shot, Dave. What a servant. Um, So Tom uh, works for Word of Life, which is essentially a youth ministry, um, and he's like the, the, what is it, Asia and Pacific, just Pacific? No, he just Indo-Pacific. Indo-Pacific. Coach. Coach and legend. So he's overseeing like um, everything from Vanuatu to Fiji, working with Australian guys and all these, just helping them get their youth ministries being even better and better, which is really awesome. So we're super excited to have you preaching to us. Are you going to use the Bible at all? Yeah. Oh, good. Cool. I've got it under my arm. Yeah. Got it under your arm? Yeah. All righty. That's good. I was worried. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Nah. All right. Let me, let me pray for Tom, eh? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, kia ora God, thanks always for your word. Um, thank you that we can have it on a device, we can have it in a paper form, and uh, 
it is the literal uh, word of Almighty God. Uh, we're amazed that you have um, made it so easy for us to have the Bible, um, that you've protected it over so many um, centuries so that we can have it in such a, an easy-to-read and access form. God, we thank you for that. Um, but, but a lot of us find it confusing. Uh, we read bits and we're like, what? And we thank you so much for awesome people like Tom who really dedicate their life to studying your word and to, to communicating it clearly to us. Um, so we as a church uh, call out to you now and ask for a real blessing on Tom this morning. Uh, can you guide his thoughts? Uh, can you direct his words uh, deep into our souls, God? We want, to, um, we want to be changed this morning, obviously. We want to hear and bring the word. And we want to sit under his teaching because he's teaching the authority of you <laughs> because he's teaching from your word. So open our ears, God. We want to hear from you through your servant, Tom, and we thank you for bringing him to us. Yeah, I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Greg. <clears throat> well, good morning, everybody. There's a lot of gaps over here, eh? All full over here. If you haven't said hello to the person next to you, uh, why don't you do that right now? We're all just a bunch of sheep here today, and you might know, know the, sh- the sheep next to you, so say hi to them. Um, for those of you who don't know me, which is probably a fair chunk of you, and you're the lucky ones, um, although my wife doesn't think that, um, I have been in Christian ministry for about 30 years. That's full-time, and then before that I was doing uh, lay church ministry, but I was also a sheep farmer for 15 years, so some of you might not know that, um, down in the middle or two. So sheep and uh, hills and that sort of stuff, is kind of in my blood, and I'm actually still a hobby farmer. So um, today's gift we're going to be talking about is the gift of shepherding or pastoring. So I kind of love that I was able to choose that one, because I kind of identify with it a little bit more. Well, I mean, I identify with the other gifts as well, but this one really resonates with me quite a lot. And I thought I'd just show you a couple of pictures. Um, I thought, the picture in the, in the New Testament is quite different from what we do here in New Zealand as shepherds. Um, but I thought I'd do a little enactment of what it could look like a little bit um, in the old days, like, sorry, even today in, in the Middle East. So I've got a little video here, and um, hopefully this works okay. <laughs> but I got my sheep the other day, and um, I thought I'd just call them by name. And so they all came to me. It's pretty cool, actually. I was quite impressed. They're very well shorn, too, I noticed. Yeah. I'm not trying to pull the wool over your eyes or anything like that. Now, it's interesting. You know, the black sheep is normally the one that would not you wouldn't want it to lead the flock, but my black sheep does lead the flock. So it's kind of cool. But the black sheep in our flocks, we've got to be careful about letting them lead the flock. There's a couple other pictures. Another picture of just, um, you know, when you have sheep, you've got to look after them. And I was shearing my sheep the other day. I thought I'd chuck that one up. Um, and then there's another one here. of the. This is, was, has always been my best farm assistant, the one in the yellow coat, the best-looking chick in the world. Um, so this was early on in our married life. Uh, when we were docking lambs, and so we had to 
did a bit of work on that. It's an interesting, funny story when Liz and I first got married. Um, I'd already been working on the farm for seven years or eight years maybe and had, had my dogs and we were walking down the farm one day holding hands like you do when you're married, of course. Notice you're not holding hands. But, um, but we were walking down the farm and my dog, uh, the one that I had, she got in between us. She was really jealous of Liz having walking, holding my, I don't know if she wanted to hold my hand or what, but... Um, anyway, that was some of my experiences, and I guess as I've thought about this message today, and I think about recount what I did as a shepherd and what I still do in my hobby life, um, there's a there's a lot of similarities, and yet there aren't. Um, but there's a lot of things that I I guess from my experience that I can say, man, that actually is like dealing with people. Working as a shepherd is like dealing with people. Working with sheep is like dealing with people. And so you, you have to look out for them, you have to care for them, you have to feed them well, you have to look out for predators, you have to keep them safe, you have to make sure they have water and food, and, and um, you have to go and rescue them at times. You have to make sure they don't wander to places that are dangerous for them. And so some of those things are, are the things that I've learned over the years, and I just want to pass on some of those, I guess, principles of what it is to be a shepherd um, of, of the sheep. And um, so we're going to look at some scriptures, obviously. Uh, Craig wanted me to do that, so I'll use the scripture this morning. Um, <clears throat> just for you, Craig. Um, so I'm just, they're going to uh, chuck them up on the screen there, Josh. I don't know if the first one's there. Keep going. Okay, so um, the first one, um, it's not up there yet. It might come up a little bit later, but we'll come back to that. Uh, Acts 20, 28. It says there, um, therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the, the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves um, will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. And so the job of the shepherd, you can see that that Paul, as he's writing to the church at Ephesus, he's writing to these these uh, leaders here, he says, this is what I want you to do as a leader. In 1 Peter 5, Peter, as he writes to the, the elders of the churches, of the, the Christians that have been scattered because of persecution, he writes this, the elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. And get this, what he says about that. Serving um, it's all up there on the screen. But serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. So it's a gift that's um, done willingly. It's done um, out of a heart of desire to help others. And it's out of a desire to protect those around you. Um, just go to the next slide. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. So the definition of, of the pastor, or is the word poimen, which means shepherd, one who tends the flock, not merely one who feeds, but one who tends, guides, nourishes, cherishes, and rules. You might look at that and think, well, that's not me, all right? But there's going to be some principles that I want to share with you today that, that actually you need to take a hold of. Because you're a person, you're a, one of the sheep in the flock. And yes, God gifts um, shepherds and pastors to us to help us. 
Um, but I just want to share some, and, and whether I have the gift of being a shepherd, I'm not sure, but I love to shepherd. And I love to shepherd the, the flock of God as well. And so I just want to share some principles that um, I've, I've got a book called The Way of the Shepherd by Kevin Lehman and William Pentak, and he shares seven principles. And I want to share those with you this morning, which I think are helpful in helping us to understand the gift of a shepherd and what that entails for us. And we'll find out that actually it applies to all of us as well. So the gifts that were given by the Spirit were to, to build up and encourage and, and strengthen the church. Um, but there's also a sense in which, and, and I know I've heard Tina say it and, and Craig as well, that all of us, you know, if you read through the one and others in Romans 12, you'll find that it talks there about a whole lot of things that we need to be doing as, as God's people. And, and so even some of the principles that I share this morning will be things that you and I uh, need to put into practice in our life. I love John chapter 10, and John chapter 10 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible but it also speaks about Jesus Christ being the great shepherd. And I want to read some scriptures from there before we uh, talk about these principles. John 10, verses 11 to 18. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. How good is that? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he, um, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling or, and does not care about the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so, I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. I love as we, as we think of the great shepherd and um, as we and I love the way Shelley, you led us in worship, and the worship team led us this morning to towards the great shepherd. He's the one who our focus is on. But as we think of the good shepherd, Jesus is the ultimate of everything that we want to be in our life. He's the ultimate carer. He's the ultimate um, one who gets around us and nurtures us. And so today, you might be disappointed in people around you, but you can never be disappointed with Jesus. Just always go to him first. You know, he's the great the great shepherd. And so as, as we think of the gift of the shepherd, uh, the gift of the pastor or, or shepherding, one of the first things that I would say is, as a shepherd is that we have to know the condition of our flock. And so there's some things that are just practical things that I just want to share with you around that today. Knowing the flock means that we get to know people. And one of the key things in getting to understand people and how we can be a shepherd to them is to ask questions. Always ask a question. Don't talk about yourself. Find out what their name is. Your name is a really important part of you. If anyone's ever been around me, you'll know you hear me go on and on. Especially young people know they, I go on and on about this. When someone uses your name, you know you stand up and you listen. If they say, hey, you, you thought, oh, are they talking to me or what? But you know what? Your name was given to you. It's your identity. And so when you talk to someone, when you're wanting to shepherd someone, use their name because it's a very, very important part of who they are. Don't use their nickname, you know, use their proper name, and it makes them feel important. So ask questions, find out what their name is, find out what their likes and dislikes are. Um, what, what is the thing that cranks their handle, you know, what gets them motivated in life? Um, and then make sure you listen to them. You know, it says in James 1.19, be slow to, what? Speak. Be quick to listen. 
And so it's a really important part of being a shepherd is to, is to learn to listen. You know, when I used to go do my lambing beat, I had, sometimes I had over 4,000 sheep to look after. But when I was going around when my sheep were having lambs, you know, one of the important things was for me to stop and listen. And I'd ride my motorbike and I'd have to turn it off and stop and listen. Because then you'd hear the sounds that were important to hear. You'd hear a sheep bleating out for a lamb or you'd hear a lamb that was crying out for a mother. And you'd think, hey, there's some help needed there. So it's really important to stop and to listen. And as you listen, to look them in the eye. Don't look at the floor when you're talking to someone. You know, Look them in the eye because that can tell you a whole lot of things when you see someone's eyes. It's really, really important. And then remember what they talk to you about. You know, one of the key things of being a shepherd is to remember what people have spoken to you about and don't forget them. And I love the prayer team who are, you know, Kim, Kim Lan, you do a um, great job in, in running the prayer team because the, the prayer team remembers people. And if we're to be good shepherds of others, the gift of a shepherd is one who remembers what others have been through and what they're going through and doesn't forget that. And so prayer is an important part of that. So the first one is to, to, um, to know the condition of your flock. Secondly, discover the shape of your sheep. You might think, that sounds a bit weird. All sheep are, are kind of the same shape. But I look out here, and I'm, these sheep here are not the same shape. We could have a little catwalk up here this morning, and we'd notice that we're not all the same shape. And you know what? We don't all think the same as well. In Matthew 9.36, and I love this verse as I've been um, going over this message it says in Matthew 9.36a, Jesus says this, But when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. He was moved with, for compassion with them. And so the heart of the shepherd is to be moved by the, of, by the heart of people. It's to be moved by the people that are in front of them. And to be thinking, what are their needs? How can I meet those needs? How can I listen to their heart beat today? How can I strengthen them? How can I pray for them? And so when we think of shape, we think of their strength, we think of heart, we think of attitude, we think of personality, we think of experience. All of those things encompass a person. So when I think of the shape, when I discover the shape of a person, you know, when I'm sitting and talking to someone, especially someone new, I'm just, my mind's going like a million miles an hour trying to think about this person and think about how I can best minister to them. How can I best listen to them? How can I best support them? How does that person respond to life? What is their shape? How do they respond to life? How do they respond to the difficulties in life? And all of us respond differently. Right now, I'm not in uh, um, uh, Roz's shoes right now, but I don't know how she's responding to the, the pains of life that she's in. I haven't been in those pains, but we can stop and we can listen and we can pray for Roz that she might know the great shepherd ministering to her. So how do people respond to life? What is causing changes in their lives? What is causing changes in their life? And often we can see, as we minister to people, as you look into the face of a person, you can see whether there's pain or there's joy in their life. And so that takes time. That takes actually stopping and just taking a moment and listening and, and looking. Um, Proverbs 27:19 says, as in, as in water, face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. So when you're talking to someone, if you're wanting to be a minister, or if you feel like God has gifted you in the area of shepherding, actually looking into the eyes of a person is really, really important because it reflects the heart of the person. Thirdly, help your sheep identify with you. That's really important. 
John 10, 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Sheep flock together, to, so, so make sure you identify with them as they flock together. Um, when I was farming, and there was a picture up there of Liz and my dad when we were docking lambs, and we would always give them an earmark. It was the mark that they belonged to our farm. That was the mark that if they went wandering into a neighbor's property, we could go get them and say, yep, that earmark belongs to us, so she'd come back to us. And sometimes we would get other people's sheep, and we would take them back so they went back to their right property. Um, and sheep want to have an identifying factor. Humans, we want to have an identifying factor. What identifies us with this church? What, what identifies us with our life groups? Why do we come and attend here? Why do we find commonality amongst these people? Firstly, it's because of Christ, obviously. But it might be because of our pastors. I don't know. It could be because of the life that you belong to. But there's an identifying factor, and it's really important that we make people feel safe in that identifying factor. Um, what makes people stay at church? You know, a shepherd is it's really important for a shepherd to understand that in order that he can minister to those people. Um, and mostly, all of us, in fact, all of us need to know the great shepherd. And I guess that's why we're part of a community. That's why we're part of a church. That's why we're part of a life group, that we might come to know the great shepherd in a greater, more signifying way than we do now. I think of my journey of life, and, and I hope that right until the very end, I come to know Christ in a greater way. And that's why we come. We listen to the Word of God, and we read the Word of God. And, and that's why it's really important to make friends with this book. I've heard Craig talk about it often, how we need to be in this book. And I would say that again this morning, that if you want to know the great shepherd, this is the book you need to be in and reading it and making friends with it. It's actually the greatest book you can ever own. It's the bestseller in all the world. So why would we not read it? Why would we not make friends with it? Because God wants to speak to us through it. Fourthly, we need to make the pasture a safe place where people come and they find their food. And in Psalm 23, 2, it says, I love the psalm. It's a favorite psalm. In fact, you know, when I was growing up, every, probably every young person in a church knew that psalm. Do some of you old people identify with that statement? How many of you people under the age of 30 know Psalm 23 off by heart? Three, two people. Ah, Sean, can you come up here and repeat it to us? You know what? We've kind of lost the art of Scripture memory, but it's really, really important. But Psalm 23, 2 says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. That's a beautiful thing that the great shepherd of the sheep does. And so for me as a, um, as a shepherd, if I'm to have the gift of shepherding, one of the things is I lead my sheep to a good pasture. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. That talks to me about satisfaction. It talks to me about peace. He leads me beside still waters. That talks to me about quenching my thirst. I remember once um, when I was a, 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 bit of lawyer, a little boy on the farm and, and I was kind of a dog. We were dogs in those days. Dad had a few, but he needed some more. And I was one of 10 kids, so there was quite a few dogs around. Um, but I remember we shifted sheep from one paddock into another and they hadn't had good water in the paddock that they were in. Um, and so we had to shift them, and we had to take them through this one paddock up on a big ridge. I can still see it now. And I was standing there trying to keep the sheep up in the top, but they hadn't had water for a good period of time. And there was a dam at the bottom of the hill, and they came through that gate, and they just went straight down to the dam. And I'm thinking, 
all right, we've got another big job on our hands to go and bring two mobs of sheep up now and sort them out. But I remember water was so important to them. And, um, you know, people, many people are broken because of all sorts of things in their lives. I have sheep, and some of my sheep, um, now and again, actually, Rosalie and Steve, I have some sheep on their property, and Rosalie will ring, hey, Tom, you, one of your sheep's got a sore foot. I said, thanks, Rosalie, we'll get that sorted. But right now, I have a few sheep that have some sore feet, and in between, they have an irritation in their feet, and so I clean that out, and I give them a spray, and that gets them right. I don't um, spray and wipe, I wipe and spray right? Just a little bit. Um, but um, so it's important that as a shepherd that I look after my sheep. And if they're, if they're real, Craig's talked to us about fly strike. And he's an expert on fly strike, aren't you, Craig? Yep. Sorting that out. Um, but that's, a, that's an issue that sheep get in the summer when it's warm and, and the sun's shining and it's wet as well. It creates a nice spot for flies. So as a farmer, as a, as a shepherd, I'm looking out for the ills in the sheep to make sure that I can help them with that and to help them get better. And so as a, as, a, as a shepherd of the sheep, we're to look out for those that are broken and need help and who we, we can support. The shepherd needs to minister to the sheep's needs. Think of, I just want to encourage you, life group leaders, what a great job that you play in this church. But one of the roles that, that you have is, um, is understanding the sheep in your pasture. Do you know the safe place for those sheep? Are you leading them to quiet waters? Are you leading them to the pastures where they feel safe? It's a really important um, part that we play as, as shepherds of the sheep. What scriptures do they need to know to help them feel safe? I was preaching in a church last week, and, and I was just sharing my message. It was a Mother's Day service, and I was sharing from Psalm 139. And at the end of the service, a lady was talking to a couple in the church, and, and she just spoke about one verse there. She had never really understood that she was conceived in her mother's womb. How God's thoughts about her were more in number than the sand on the sea. Her mum was part of, a, of the Asia drug ring. Some of you will know about that. And, and she'd been born, and she wondered why she was ever born. And so the, the scriptures ministered to her last Sunday in such a real and, and powerful way. And that's what the Word of God does as we minister, use it, to, use it to minister to one another's souls. And so as life group leaders, as leaders of people, those of you who are shepherds of the flock, use the Word of God to speak into other people's lives. We need to keep pastures free from weeds and, and thistles. One of the things that I hate is thistles. And when I was a little kid, Dad used to get us all out there cutting thistles. We hated it, but it was really important so that we could uncover the grass so that the sheep would have more grass to eat. And I still hate them, actually. I still get out there, and even Rosalie and Steve, they get their thistles cut. Um, but there are a lot of weeds of this world, eh, that choke us, that take us away from actually feeding on the true word of God. And as a shepherd, one of our roles is to, to actually uncover those worldly things that people are gravitating towards. And if you're gravitating to some of the weeds in the world today, you need to stop that too. Come back to the word of God, which is the true minister to your soul. And so the weeds of the world could be false doctrine. They could be tasty morsels that the world, and Craig was talking about pornography, that some men get drawn into. There's a lot of other things on television or in the media that we can get drawn away to and sidetracked from what God actually wants us to be focused on. Those things don't give us nutrition for our souls, do they? And then fourthly, we need to... Um, 
We need to encourage, and Tina shared with us a few weeks ago about encourage. And we can never do too much encouraging of the flock. There's not one of us in this room here that doesn't want to be encouraged, right? Who hates encouragement? Not one of you will stand up because you love to be encouraged. You love to be supported. You love to have good words spoken over you. And so all of us need to be those that would encourage others. There's a little saying that is kind of, it's not my catchphrase, but I use it all the time. And some of you, Braden, will be able to repeat this for me. And it says, people don't care. What, what is the rest of that, Braden? Very good. He's one person who listened to me. Right? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's been the motto for my ministry life. People don't care how much you know. They don't care how much you know until they know you care. And when they know you care, they will listen to you. And so as a leader of the flock, as a shepherd of the sheep, we need to know that people firstly know that we care before we speak to them. It's not about how much we have in here. It's what's in our heart towards people that matters and other things that count. In the New Testament, oh, sorry, in the Old Testament, in, in the, um, or in the New Testament as well, New Testament times, biblical times, and even today in some Eastern countries, they have um, a staff, and you'll know in Psalm 23 it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. All right, so as a, as a shepherd, we need to use the, um, the staff of direction. And I used to have a staff, but it wasn't in this modern world. We don't use the staff and the rod like they did in the Old Testament. In Psalm 23, 4, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Do you want to finish that off for me, Sean? Very good. Good reading, man. Awesome. Okay, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so the biblical shepherd would use his staff to direct the sheep, to lead the sheep. Um, man, I wish we could do that today. <laughs> they just don't do it like, we don't do it like that here in New Zealand. There's, we have too many of them. Um, but sheep are really good at following the leader. Um, and so um, the sheep, once they're in the pasture, they'd have their head down and they'd be, um, they wouldn't be thinking about anything else apart from just eating. That's all they wanted to do. They wouldn't be thinking about the next day or how much they needed in the next week. That's the job of the shepherd. And one of my jobs was to make sure we have feed enough to get sheep through, especially as you come through this time of the year, to get them through the winter. You can feed them all you like now, but if you haven't got any grass next week, well, there's no point in having them, you know. So it's really important that for these shepherds, they would lead the sheep to the right pasture because they weren't thinking ahead. They didn't have an idea of what they needed. And as a shepherd, that's part of our role in helping people to grow, and it's part of the elders and, and the pastor's role and the life group leaders here in our church is to help us to be thinking ahead and thinking how can we help the church to grow, and hence the, the reason they teach us certain things that they teach us. Um, secondly, when, when sheep go to the wrong place, it's to, the, the rod was or the staff was to bring them back to the safe place to help them with boundaries. And we used to have on our farm had boundary fences and that would stop the sheep going out. But the shepherd in the New Testament, Old Testament times, they didn't have boundaries. They didn't have fences at all. They, would take, they had a little corral where they'd put the sheep in at night and they'd lay across the, the gateway to protect the from predators and such like. Then they would lead them out in the day and they'd take them to pasture and they'd take them to water and they'd bring them back to the safe place at night. But here in New Zealand, we don't do it like that. We have fences. And you know, sometimes the fences get holes in them that we'd have to go and fix. Um, sometimes sheep would wander to what they thought was a better place where they 
might feel safe, or even to remote places. And we humans are not much different from that. We hide out. We get away from our safe places. Sometimes we go to a solitary place because we feel we're not good enough to belong in the flock. And you know, as shepherds, we need to bring direction. We need to bring the sheep back to the safe place. Sometimes sheep get into positions they can't get out of. And often I'd use my crook at lambing time. I'd go and have to, sometimes we had tomos on the farm, and tomos a big hole in the ground that goes under and, and uh, where water travels. And sometimes the lamb would get down and then I'd have to get my crook down and, and reach right down and, and pull them back out. Just recently I had a sheep that got tangled up in a vine, nearly hung itself. There's always obstacles out there for the sheep to get caught up in. And if sheep are going to get caught in anything, they'll get caught in it, blackberry or whatever. Get caught in the head in the fence, and you think, how on earth did you get your head in there? You can't even get it out. Um, but we humans are not much different to that, are we, really? We get ourselves into dangerous places. We get ourselves into places that we don't even know how we got there. Sometimes we, dra- we, 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 we drift away. And part of the role of the shepherd with his staff is to bring direction to those sheep. Sometimes people in the flock go round and round looking for satisfaction, but in the end, end up with empty lives with no substance at all. And the shepherd's role is to, is to direct them to the things of God. And one of the things that's really important for a shepherd is to, is to remind the flock that that, that failure isn't, isn't fatal. I think sometimes when we go through times when we've failed, we think that is the end. There's no hope for me. And then what causes us, to, what happens to us? We drift away from the flock. We drift away because we don't feel we're good enough to belong. We feel like the black sheep that doesn't belong in the, in the flock. And that's such a lie of the devil. And maybe even today you're feeling like you've failed and and it seems like fatal to you. It's not. There is light at the end of the tunnel for you. And keep your hope in Jesus Christ, not on this world, not on what you're capable of, not on people. People will let you down. But when you fail, it's not the end. Failure is not fatal. And as a shepherd, our role is to, is to bring direction back to those people that are feeling that. And then there was a the rod of correction. I can't imagine what it was like to carry a staff and a rod. It's like, man, I hated having things in my hand and one staff at lambing time was enough and sometimes I didn't even use that. But to have a rod and a staff, well, the staff was for direction and the rod was used for correction. Um, and this is, you know, if you think about correction, it's hard, eh? How many of you have been parents and love correcting your children? I never enjoyed correcting my children. Some of you give up because you think it's too hard, but don't give up on that. It's only just for a short time. Um, but it's hard to correct people, right? Um, but it's important as a shepherd, as a role of a shepherd is to actually bring correction. You know, in, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that the word of God is... Oh, no, just left me. Come, anyone else can repeat that for me? Craig. Yeah. Yeah. So the Word of God is, is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction and righteousness, that the man of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Word of God is there to correct us, to correct us from what is wrong. 
Um, and as parents, we find it hard to correct our children. But correction is really important. It's like presenting a new roadmap. You know, if you're going in the wrong direction and you've got the wrong direction, it's really terrible. My wife's a great director of me when I'm driving. Us men think we know it all, but we actually know very little until our wives get hold of the map. Um, but it's like giving someone a new road map. And that's the rod of correction. It's like helping them to see clearly that the path ahead, ahead, this is the right path to go. And I love being on the right path when I'm going somewhere. The rod of correction was also to warn predators um, or to bring sheep closer to the flock, not to get too far away from the flock. Um, and often it would it had a little knob. Often the, the rod of correction had, or the rod had a little knob on the end of it. It's like a little bit harder and could deal to predators. Not that we should do that with people. Um, and so, but the rod of correction was not for beating up on the sheep. It wasn't for beating up on the sheep. It was for beating up on the predators. And that's where prayer team is so vital to our, our community here today to be praying that the evil one would not um, steal away our flock or beat up on our flock. Um, but the rod of correction was for instructing the flock in a way so that they could see further down the, the path than otherwise they might do. And I think of that when people have corrected me in my life. It's helped me to see down the path further than I otherwise would have. I might have been consumed by what was around me. But the rod of correction helped me to see further down the path and say, hey, if you stop doing this now, you know what? You're going to get down that path easier. We were just meeting... Liz and I were meeting with a couple of young people yesterday just talking about that, warning them of the dangers ahead so that they might actually walk a path and when they got to the end, they wouldn't have regrets about where they'd been. The rod of correction was also, or the rod was also used for counting, um, counting the sheep as well. Not only did the shepherd make sure every sheep was accounted for, but sometimes he would use that rod to open up the wool to inspect their wool to see if there were any bugs and and any lice or ticks, and sometimes we get lice and ticks in our sheep, and we have to deal to that. But that was part of the, the, the role of, of the rod, to make sure that the sheep were healthy. Um, and as a shepherd, I think sometimes they are, our flock can appear healthy, but sometimes you've just got to get in and separate the wool and, and look and to see, hey, is there real health here in this life? Is there something that I can do to help uh, the health of this of this sheep. So sometimes we can look good, but inside the heart's not all that crash hot. Some people want to disappear and, and foolishly we fail to realize that we weaken the flock when, we, when, we, when we're not there and we lose value because we are not there. Sometimes you might be tempted to stay away from community. Sometimes you might be tempted to stay away from church. I want to encourage you that you need to know this, that you're part of a flock. And when you're not here, it weakens a flock. When you decide to stay home and just chill out for the day, it doesn't bring strength to anybody else and certainly will not bring strength to you. So we're all part of, of the flock. And as a, I guess, a shepherd of the flock, you know, I, I uh, notice when people are missing from my flock. And these guys notice that. The elders notice that. Life group leaders, are noticing when you're, Sheep are missing from the flock, and, and you're asking the question, why are they missing from the flock? Because you know what? We weaken ourselves, and we, they are weakened when they're not part of the flock. Matthew 9.36, I mentioned it before. Jesus says this, but when, oh, sorry, Matthew writes this. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary 
and scattered like sheep with no shepherd. That verse has just been reverberating in my mind this week and thinking about that. And so the final point is the heart of the shepherd. What is the heart of the shepherd? The true heart, uh, the true shepherd has a heart for his flock or for their flock. And one of the key, pat- key things of that is that they love the flock. I wonder shepherds, I know some sheep are hard to love, but do you love the flock because of who they are and they're God's created being? And we have to think like that about people. Some people grate you, but you know what? They were created in the image of God to be in relationship with God. And one of the, one of the key things of the gift of a shepherd or the, the person with the heart of a shepherd is to have a love for the flock. Do you love the flock of God? Do you love the flock of people that are before you? You know, there are many out there who are not of this fold. Ask God to give you a love for those who do not love Christ so that we might have more people who would come and be part of God's fold. One of the other hearts of the shepherd is that when the sheep wander, they reach out to bring them back. When they're sick, they provide the medicine of the word to encourage them and to comfort and and to point them in the right directions. Sometimes when I was farming, I would have to carry a sheep on my shoulders and throw it on my shoulders and I'd have we had some real big hills and I was much stronger than I am now. And, but I sometimes I have to chuck that sheep on my shoulders and carry it right up a, up a, a great hill, up to a place of safety where I could care for it in a greater way. And sometimes it's hard work to care for people. It's real hard work. Sometimes you've got to go at sacrifice time and energy. Sacrifice the things that you want to do in order to to make another person safe in the flock and to bring them to a place where they can be better cared for. It's a really important part of community. And the greatest tool, I would say, of the, of the, of the shepherd is, the heart of the shepherd is God's word, and I mentioned this earlier. But I just know nothing more that ministers to my soul than this book. I've had some great human friends who have ministered to me, but nothing more than this book. And so shepherds today, if you feel like God has given you the gift of shepherding or you feel like you have a heart for people, make sure you have a heart for this book and use this book in the lives of people. It's essential. And I guess the principles that cause me to live my life the way that I do is founded in here. Yes, I've been taught by many great teachers over the years and people who have mentored me, but... One of the things that, that just daily as I read the Word of God, God is speaking into my heart and helping me to be the sheep that He wants me to be. And if you were to be, if you're to be a good shepherd, you need to be using the Word of God. It doesn't mean you have to know it as well as Craig or Dave or some of the elders here, but you have to know it and to love it. You have to love it. <laughs> like be familiar with it. And, and I'm, I'm totally amazed at how many days... When I'm reading in the Word of God, that God has given me a scripture for that day or for some person in my life that day. It's an incredible book and an incredible way that God uses this book in their lives. So as I finish today, not everyone has the title of pastor or shepherd or elder. But it doesn't mean that you may not be gifted in this area. So we have titles and Craig has a title and Dave has a title. The elders have a title. Life group leaders have a title. And you may not have a title, but you might be gifted as a shepherd, as someone who cares for flock, who has a heart for people and wants to help them. And I know of some people in this church 
um, over the years have had the heart of a shepherd but never had a title to their name. Um, and also I can hear that some of you might be saying, well, I hope the elders and the staff are listening to this and maybe, but maybe what you should be saying is, who is in my flock? Who is in my flock? Who is next to me? Because oftentimes we are expecting people to come to us and minister to us and look after us. And that's, that is a role of a shepherd. But maybe, just maybe, God is wanting you to look and be a shepherd to somebody else. Might be just one person. There might be someone sitting next to you this morning that you can be a shepherd to. There might be a neighbor right next to you in your home, where your, where your home is that needs you to be a shepherd to them. There might be a child or a teenager or a young adult that needs you to be a shepherd to them. There is always someone around us who needs help from somebody else. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, we can have ways that we can help others. And so rather than look for others to come to you, think about how can I help somebody else? Now in saying that, some of you might be feeling you just don't have any energy to help anybody else. And there are those people in here today, I know that. And that's okay for a season. You need to make sure that you don't just sit there, but that you go and find a shepherd. Come to the elders. Come to the pastors. Come, go to your life group leaders. If you haven't got a life group, be part of a life group that you can be supported in. But oftentimes we become consumed with ourselves that we, we don't realize that there's actually someone that could do with my help right next door to me. And so we need to stop and to listen and to look around us. Jesus had compassion. He was gentle and he was kind. He wasn't cruel. He wasn't harsh with other people. He healed the sick. He brought back to life the brokenhearted. He believed in those who no longer believed in themselves. And he challenged those with the wrong perspective to follow the truth. And that's the part of the gift of the shepherd is to do that. To emulate what Jesus did and to look at his, what, his life and, and to do the same. Do we look on the flock with compassion? Do we look on the, on the flock with a, with a heart of, man, I long that they might be whole in Jesus Christ. I have a heart for the lost. And um, today we're going to meet with a lost family. And I'm longing that God would just give us an opportunity to be able to share with them the truth of who Jesus is. Because they're lost without a shepherd. Yes, they have a good job and they're successful business people, but they're lost without a shepherd. And Jesus says in John 10, 27 to 30, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. What a great thing that he gives to us. And he says, They shall never perish. Today, do you know for certain that you have eternal life? Do you know Jesus Christ as your shepherd? Because if you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't have eternal life. And Jesus says of those who have eternal life, they shall never perish. And then he says, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Jesus holds us, every one of us securely who know him. He says, no one can take us out of his hand. How good is that? I love this verse. He says, my father who has given them all to me is greater than all, and no one can pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. So Jesus holds me. I, like, I use this little illustration of a pen in my hand often. Jesus holds me. God the Father holds me. How secure am I? Is anyone stronger than Jesus? You're not so sure. Is anyone stronger than Jesus? No, there's no one. Is anyone stronger than God? 
And we are held by him. He promises that if we trust him, we have eternal life and we shall never perish. That is the most awesome thing that we can experience through knowing the great shepherd of the sheep. And today, if you're not secure in that, if you're not secure in knowing Jesus Christ, would you trust him today? The great shepherd. Us humans will let you down. (laughs) We will let you down, but Jesus will never let you down. And he says, when you trust me, I give you eternal life and you will never perish. That is so cool. Because you know what? I've let Jesus down more than once. Probably already let him down today. I can't recall, but I probably have already. Whether it's in my thoughts and my actions and my lack of actions and my lack of words. But he never lets me down. And he makes me secure, not because I'm good enough, but because Jesus is good enough. And in him we can trust today. So if you don't know the great shepherd, Jesus Christ today, would you trust him? I love the message of the gospel. It's just the greatest message in all the world. And I know Craig does, and the, and the church loves that message. But if you're a Christian today and you feel weak and feel inadequate and you feel like you've let God down, he's, remember this, failure is never fatal. It's never final. And you can come back to him and be restored to him. And today, if you need some comfort, if you need some strength from a shepherd, come and talk to the pastoral staff. Come and talk to the elders. Or come and talk to me at the end of church and say, look, I just need someone to minister to my soul today because of this in my life. Maybe you're troubled in your marriage. Maybe you're troubled by your kids. Maybe you're troubled in your job. And that's what community's about. And that's what it is to be a shepherd, is to look after the sheep amongst us. I pray, Almighty God, that today you might have just encouraged us from your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you are the great shepherd, Lord Jesus. Thank you that when you looked on the flock, the people of this world, you had compassion on them because they were lost and in need of a shepherd. Oh, Lord, and still in our hearts, there may be those in this church, Lord, you've gifted as a shepherd, and that's great. We need those. But Lord, all of us, just help us to look sideways. Help us to look beside us and to look for those sheep that need a shepherd. Look for those sheep that are not part of the fold, Lord, and and be a nurturer and a a safety net for them and guide them into truth. Lead them to to paths of righteousness. Take them to to pastures, green pastures and, and streams of water. Almighty God, thank you for those of us who know you. We know what it is to be saved, to be secure in Jesus Christ. And thank you for the the pastures that he leads us to, the quiet waters he leads us beside. And Father, if there's anyone here today who has never trusted you as their personal Savior, Lord, to know the great shepherd, Lord, I long that today they might trust you. And maybe just as I close this morning, if today you've never trusted Jesus Christ, Or maybe today you're just feeling like, man, I just need a touch from the great shepherd. I'd love to pray for you right now as I close. And if there's someone of you today, would you just raise your hand and say, yep, Tom, that's me. I I just need someone to pray for me today. Just pop your hand up and I'll just pray for you this morning. Thanks. I can see that. That's awesome. Yep. Anybody else? It's not a sign of weakness to be prayed for, you know. It's a sign of strength, acknowledging that you can need help. Almighty God, you know the hearts of all of us today. Yeah, I can see your hand do that today. Lord, can you minister to those today who need a touch from Almighty God, the great shepherd of the sheep, through his son Jesus. Minister by your Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name.